Hi there, and welcome to ART. This is our Radio Trending, a public podcast that takes what's trending and generates a discussion based around art. We take current events, movies, video games, comic books, you name it, and we're going to discuss the relevance as they relate to art history. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is ART. Hey there, all you art lovers and art historians. My name is Marvin, and I'm your host of ART, Art Radio Trending. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is our first episode. I'm really excited. This is something we've been looking forward to getting out there. And it's just a way for me to get my voice out there, a way for you guys to get into my mind and my imagination. This is going to be really fun. It's going to be an adventure and it's something that I'm glad you guys are on board with me. As of right now, it's only me by myself. However, I am looking into getting a co-host, which is going to be cool, man. We're going to get some debates. Definitely lots of interviews and that kind of stuff. But first, let me see. What is Art Radio Trending? So, my vision of what Art Radio Trending is, ART, it's basically taking current events, pop culture, movies, comic books, music... You name it, and we're going to look at it through an art historical lens. How is it going to impact art history? Or how is it that these people use art to get their message across? That's what ART is about. So it's going to be really cool, man. And without further ado, let's get started, right? So this week on ART, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be looking at Roads Must Fall. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but it's a movement. Um, It's been going around for a while now, actually, since probably last year, I think, where it really, really hit home in South Africa. Um, You can basically type in hashtag roads must fall into any social media like Twitter or uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and you're going to get a bunch of crazy stuff uh, about all these people trying to get these images of Cecil Rhodes taken down. So it's probably not likely that you know who Cecil Rhodes is. I didn't even know who Cecil Rhodes was. Um, I had heard about uh, some of his uh, contributions to academia. That's it. Um, You probably actually have heard of the Rhodes Scholarship. You know, Rhodes Scholars, very popular. Um, Actually, there's some very, very famous Rhodes Scholars that I'm sure you probably have heard of. Just to name a few, you have Edwin Hubble. Um, He used his Rhodes Scholarship to study law at Oxford uh, before he came back and into the States and continued his work in astronomy. I'm sure all of you guys have heard of the uh, the Hubble telescope. There's movies, documentaries, books on it all over the place. Um, I think there's even an IMAX movie going around, right? Um, there's also another guy by the name of Lord Howard Flore, I believe that's how you say his name. He studied medicine at Oxford, and later uh, he received the Nobel Prize in Medicine along with Alexander Fleming, for the discovery of penicillin. Penicillin. Can you look at that? Um, and then President Bill Clinton studied law at Oxford before he came and became the president of the United States. And then he went off and did you know what? In the you know where. Just kidding. Anyway, so so who was Cecil Rose? Let's talk a little bit about that so that we can establish a little, a little foreground as to what we're going to be talking about. Um where does the money come from, right? So where does the Rhodes Scholarship come from? It obviously comes from some huge amount of money that Cecil Rhodes left to um, academia to give out these scholarships. 
So to describe Cecil Rhodes real quickly in a couple sentences, impossible, right? It's like it's like if you wanted me to say, hey, uh, describe George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or Alexander Hamilton in a couple sentences. Can't do it justice. But I will try to just give you a little bit about who Cecil Rhodes was so that you can get an idea. Maybe if you want, you can look look at look them up. Um, Wikipedia, right? Everything's on Wikipedia. Just kidding. But Google or whatever. But it'll give you an idea of who he was, what he was all about, and where he got his fortune from, right? Because that's where all this stems from. Because, well, we get into it. So, uh, Rhodes was a British businessman. He turned an African politician later on. He accumulated his wealth by essentially um, developing all of the mining of diamonds in South Africa. He had the most comprehensive comprehensive mining of South African diamonds ever. No, I mean he he basically mined every single diamond in South Africa. That's what it turns out. It basically comes out to be. Um, and in '88, he consolidated, and he, his company became the biggest mining industry, diamond industry in the entire world. Um, he then became prime minister of Cape uh, of the Cape in South Africa in 1890 and he actually you guys I don't know if you guys maybe have heard that he named Rhodesia after himself and this was recently renamed Zimbabwe because the African people wanted to take that back and there and take back their identity but here's where the controversy starts with Cecil Rhodes right so in recent times um Rhodes has been uh painted and identified brutally I mean I'm talking Bad. So his ideology with regards to supremacy, white supremacy, I mean, they've been likened to Adolf Hitler. Some people say, you know what, he's basically a racist. Um, but in all fairness, these facts, they're disputed. I mean, in fact, not too long ago, um, about a month ago, less than a month ago, there was a huge debate in Oxford. You can look it up on YouTube. In fact, I put a link on it if I can. But big debate in Oxford where... The facts of of his life were debated, you know, because some people basically what they take they take little bits of information of of some of the things he said, and they say, "Oh my God, Cecil Rhodes, he's a he's a racist, right? He said this, he did that." Other people say, "No, it's fact. He killed a bunch of people. He enslaved a bunch of Africans, Black Africans. He thought white people were the dominant race. In fact, he said different things like that." What does this have to do with with our subject today and with art history? So the, the facade of Oriel College at Oxford University is adorned by ma- a big masculine statue of Cecil Rhodes. I mean, it's above kings, it's above saints. Literally the highest point on the building. Very old building to top it off. That image dominates the entrance to the college. He is on a throne there. That's the problem. Why is that the problem? Because you might argue, well, you know what? Oxford University, they could do whatever the heck they want. They could put whoever they want on their university. They've earned it, right? I mean, it's an academic institution. The people there have a right to um, put kings on the wall. They could put paintings of whoever they want on the wall. They could put statues wherever they want. It's, It's art, right? They're allowed to do whatever they want to do. And in the case of Cecil Rhodes in particular, I mean... His endowment, his money, his scholarships, 
they've contributed, like I said, to a lot of very successful people in academia. So you would think then that an academic institution such as Oxford would have the right to say, hey, thanks, Cecil Rhodes. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why Oriel College has that statue on top of their, their, their college. That's the problem. Because people, the student body, I mean, I'm talking 50% of the, of the students there at Oxford want it taken down. They find it offensive. They say it's, it's a racist, racist image and it embodies a lot of these racist issues. Cecil Rhodes does. So does Oxford College want to be associated with these racist remarks? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I wonder, what I wonder is, in particular, is what? we would have to to say about this here in America, right? America. So does the institution have the right to dictate what it represents in the art it commissions? I mean, regardless of what that public, what the public, or in this case, the students have to say? I mean, what if like half of the student body at UCLA or USC or Cornell or NYU or the University of Miami didn't want a certain image up or a certain mural Right? Does the university, does that institution have a responsibility to the public, to the student body, to its people to listen to the argument, to take it down? So what I think here in America, though, we have to be very careful with this because once you start talking about forcing people to take stuff down, whether it's the government, whether it's um, you, right? We start encroaching on our civil rights, particular issues, sort of like the First Amendment, that kind of thing. So what do I mean by this? I wrote my thesis on this, and I, and I, I don't want to get too detailed into it, but it's really cool to, to see how law and art can kind of clash, right? So in 1991, a Supreme Court case called uh, known as Russ versus Sullivan essentially tackled this exact same thing. Now, although the case had to do with healthcare, the case, in so many words, basically dictated what the doctors could, could provide to the females that went in there asking for assistance in a federal clinic. So let's say you went into a federal clinic or a government-funded clinic and you were pregnant. And you went in there asking for advice. You didn't know what to do. You wanted pre-medical, pre-care, um, pre uh, prenatal care, excuse me. And you told the doctor, what are my options? Now, in this case, the court essentially forbid the doctor to say, hey, abortion is part, is an option. You can't even have a pamphlet. So the argument was, before the court was, that this was intruding on the doctor's freedom of speech. That the doctor could had a right to tell them, hey, you know what, this is an option. Well, the court said no, because essentially you're being commissioned, you're an employee of the federal government, or in this case, of state government, and the state has the right, or the government has the right, to tell you, no, you know what, you can't say that. Because we're, you're working for us. You're being commissioned. Now, how did this trickle down to art? Well, if the government said, hey, we want to make a huge mural of whatever. 
The court said, you as the government, you you have the right to commission whatever artist you want. Since you're paying for it, basically, you have a right to say, tell the artist, we want this painted. We want this statue put up. It's your right. Now, if you start saying to the, to the government, hey, you know what? You don't have a right to put whatever you want. Hey, Oxford, you have the you don't have a right to take to have that image up because it offends me. The argument that was that was placed in Oxford in that debate was such that if you start to taking down images and public art and murals and whatever because it offends certain people or because those that are being uh, portrayed are flawed or have, you know, ideas that conflict with certain people, where do you stop, right? So where are you going to stop taking down these images? The argument can go on forever. Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, you name it, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, it'll, it'll never stop. I mean, it'll just go on forever. That's, that's an argument. But on the other side, don't you have a right to, if you're going to school or if you're going to the bank or if you're going to a federal building, don't you have a right to say, you know what, that image offends me. Take it down, please. I'm paying for it. It's public image. Right? So that's the argument here. And it's interesting because about a week ago, um, Oxford said, no, that image is not going down. Um, and to their credit, they did put a plaque. Mind you, it's 30 feet in the air, I guess. A tiny little plaque that says that the university doesn't condone us uh, and it doesn't necessarily agree with everything that Cecil Rhodes uh, stood for and everything he said. So they are, in a way, distancing themselves from the legacy that is Cecil Rhodes. Um, but the argument in this situation is, did Cecil Rhodes essentially buy his legacy into Oxford College? And has Oxford College or Oriel College and Ox the Oxford University, have they sold out? I don't know. I mean, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, and it's definitely something that you should think about the next time that you're walking down the street and you look up and you see a statue or you look up and you see a mural on the side of a federal building. Do you agree with that mural? Do you agree with that work of art? And if you don't, do you have a right to voice your displeasure? And once you do, does the government have to listen? Well, anyways, thank you guys for, for listening in on my first episode. This is amazing. Um, I love you guys, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.